This morning, uh, Greg Doty, our, our outreach for missions and outreach, is going to be coming and, and ministering God's word with us. Uh, if you're not aware, uh, Greg and Leanne and their daughters Renee and Caitlin uh, are getting ready to uh, serve as our missionaries to Scotland. And this is their last Sunday with us in an, in an official, formal capacity. Um, and so uh, I'm, I'm not going to say a whole lot. Greg's going to share a little bit of some of, the, some of the trials and tribulations that they've been going through to, uh, to get prepared to go to the mission field. But um, anyway, uh, Greg is going to come and preach uh, God's word to us. Then we will have a song after the sermon, as we typically do. We'll respond by, by worshiping in song. And then after that song... Uh, I'm going to invite uh, any elders from our church to come forward, and we're going to lay hands on and pray for the Doty family uh, as, as we, we prepare to close our service. So just give you a sense of, of what's to come. But, uh, Greg, please come and minister to us. Thank you. Good morning. If you have a Bible, turn with me to the first chapter of Philippians. Or if you have an electronic device, or if you don't have any of those, you can look on the screens in front of you uh, here in a few moments. Uh, as Dan said, um, just as you're turning, just kind of an update on us, where we are in this uh, process that's called uh, going to the mission field. Um, we leave a week from tomorrow to go to Belgium for a month. That will be our last time of training um, and then after that, um, on July the 26th, we will be traveling back here um, to Annapolis and we'll go through our visa process, which we are prayerfully uh, hoping will take anywhere from one to two weeks. And then after that, um, we'll leave. So while this will be my last time of opening God's word to us this morning, uh, don't be surprised if you see us again. Uh, I'm anticipating um, us coming and worshiping with you next Sunday. Um, and so I'm anticipating as well people going, I thought you left. Um, which is fun because it's already been said numerous times. Um, we thought you were, and I'm not sure how to take that, but I'll leave that uh, to someone else. Um, it has been... Um, an amazing journey, one that we never expected that we were going to take when we started this journey as a family, um, I don't know, a year and a half to two years ago. Um, God has been so good to us, and he has been so good to us, demonstrated through all of you. Uh, as Dan mentioned at the 8 o'clock service, um, which I, I wasn't planning on mentioning this, but just to, to brag on EP and, and you all, um, when, when we first started this, uh, Scotland is a very expensive place to live. And MTW, our mission agency, told us it would take us 18 to 24 months to raise the support that we need. And I looked at them and said, well, I'm going to do it in, in eight. And they laughed. And I, I said that with confidence because I knew you. And God was so good through you. We are so thankful for how you have supported us, and not just in the future, but in the past, in these last years that we have, have been here. And so that, this morning, I want to uh, open God's Word and to say a few 
last things, if you will, as one of the pastors here at EP. So Philippians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. Before I read, also, I, uh, if I lose it sometime in the next half hour, just bear with me, please. I held it together at 8 o'clock. Um, we'll see what happens. Now to God's word. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I pray now that as we consider it, that you would speak through me and that you would speak to us so that you might be exalted And that your praise would ever be on our lips. For you alone, Lord, are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. This, this in many ways, has been the most difficult sermon for me to to write. One reason is because there's so many things that I I want to say. There's so many things that um, I want to say but probably shouldn't. So many people I want to say something to, but won't be able to. There's so many people that have come and said, hey, could you give that illustration again? Because you used it that one time. And it, there's, there's even, there's one person, and I don't see him here. Peter Polk, are you in here? Peter's not here. Um, Peter will be at 11 o'clock. So Peter Polk, um, at, at every time I preach, since... Uh, 11 years ago when we first came, about this point in the message, Pete would text me from over there where he sits and say this, dude, where's a Jimi Hendrix quote? And so as I think about the last 11 years that we've been here, Jimi Hendrix It's in your reflection as James Marshall Hendricks because I just couldn't come to put Jimi (laughs) Hendricks in the bulletin. Once said, life goes by in the blink of an eye. The last 11 years have gone by so quick. And as we've thought about that, as I've wondered about what to say, God's word from Philippians came to my mind And I want to start this morning where the Apostle Paul starts. And he says in verse 3, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy 
because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. We are thankful. Paul was thankful to this church. And we as a family, we are so thankful to you as the church, as EP Church. Thank you for loving us so well. Thank you for demonstrating that love to our family, to my family. EP is our family. This is our home. And we want to thank you for that. It was amazing when, when we first came. Uh, like I said, we've our first interview was Memorial Day weekend when we came 11 years ago. And I was telling Dan this story earlier this week. Um, we were having lunch together and... Um, we were in a time 11 years ago, we were pretty discouraged. We were looking for another call, which is a fancy churchy word for a new job. And so I had sent um, my resume off to someplace up north in Maryland, having never been here before, to a man, Dan Smith at epannapolis.org. And I never heard anything back for months, which is not abnormal when you're searching for a job in the PCA. And so I figured, you know, oh, they've picked somebody else. They've moved on. That's okay. We had just come back from another interview over the weekend where that was the church that we wanted to be at in our infinite wisdom. And the the telephone interviews had gone really well and all the stuff had gone really well. And then we went and within like 30 seconds of being there, we knew this is not where we're going to be. And yet you got to go through the whole weekend. And Renee, she was three at the time. Do you remember this, bud? You don't. She got sick um, at the end of the weekend. And so I'm trying to lead a youth group meeting that I didn't know I was supposed to lead. And my three-year-old's in the car sick. And I know that I'm not going to be here. And we get home. We, we didn't even stay that night. We just left and we drove home. Got home in the middle of the early morning. And we were miserable. And we were wondering, God, what in the world are you doing to us? That's where we wanted to be. And God, in his providence, had a man named Will LaRose call me later that week. And Willard said, my name's Will LaRose. I'm on the search committee at the Evangelical Presbyterian Church in Annapolis, Maryland for the youth pastor position, and I just want you to know that the job is yours if you want it. I'm listening, Lord. Um, And he said, there's a man named Dan Smith, a really nice man, is going to call you later today to set up your initial interview. But I just want you to know that we've already decided on you. And it was amazing. That has never happened to me before. I don't know if that's ever happened to anybody before. It probably shouldn't. I don't know. But I can tell you this, that through talking with Dan and talking with the search committee, and they said, we want you to come and visit. And we said, we'd love to, but the first thing I want to do is I want to talk to the senior pastor. And I did that as a test. Because sometimes, sorry, Bruce, sometimes senior pastors can be like, I don't have time for the youth guy, which is where I began working here. 
Bruce called me within 20 minutes. And he said, I'm Bruce O'Neill, the senior pastor. Here's the mission and vision of our church. And he went through some kind of spiel about, I don't know, I wasn't listening. Um, (laughs) Because... Because he had me at the phone call that the senior pastor of a church of a thousand people would take the time to call really told me all I needed to know. And when we came, we found a church that loves Jesus, that worships Jesus. I remember sitting in the, the very back pew back there where Miss Thorpe is sitting right now. Sorry, Heidi, to call you out. Hey, it's my last time. What are you going to do? Um, <laughs> And we, we watched as people worshiped the Lord with a passion, with a love for the gospel. And we are so grateful to be a part of this church, to have been called here, to be loved so well by you all. There's so many people that I would just, I want to thank, and I, I can't thank everybody by name. If I started and I left you out, you would be upset at me and I don't want that to be the case. But I want to thank all of you who have prayed for us, who have ministered alongside of us, who have ministered to us. Thank you to all of you who who helped us raise our children. Renee was three and Caitlin was on the way when we moved here. This is, this is their home. This is the place that they have known. We have pictures of them sitting in some of your laps in the nursery and you teaching them in elementary school, Sunday school, and now in middle school, youth group, and Sunday school. And they come home from these things and they, we ask them questions and they give us answers and we just look at them and go, where did you get that? Because I didn't teach you that. Your mom didn't teach you that. My Sunday school teacher taught me that. Rob taught me that. One of the youth leaders taught me that. Thank you. For those of you that taught VBS, shameless plug. (laughs) It's a blessing. And I thank you as a dad for that. And I thank you for entering into my mess. And for allowing me the privilege to, to step into your mess. You see, we're a messy place. And that's good. That's good that we're a mess. And in fact, I've seen over the last 11 years, we've gotten messier and messier. And that's a really good thing. Because Jesus came for messy people. One of my favorite illustrations that I've done, and this, the first of the request line, was this. If you, raise your hand if you've come to the 4 p.m. Christmas Eve service. It's for the little kids, particularly, and it's madness in a really good way. Imagine this place full, but it feels like, I don't think it is, but it feels like there's like four adults and 500 children. (laughs) And then they're going, 
you give a message. I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. They're all hyped up, ready for Christmas, and I'll give a message. So here's what I, I've done over the last several years. I bring in a box that's wrapped. And I say, you know, when I was a kid, when we had boxes like this, and I would start to open them, my mom would look at me and she would say, save the paper. <laughs> and so we would have to excruciatingly take the tape off of the side, off of the side, gently unfold it, pull out said box, fold paper up, hand it to mother for her to do I don't know what with. Sorry, mom. Um, As a kid, what do you want to do? You want to rip the thing apart and throw the pieces of paper all over the place. And one time I did that as a kid and my mom goes, don't make a mess. I have to clean it up. And so what I did, I had that box at Christmas Eve and I ripped the paper and it was sitting all over here. And I said, kids, tomorrow morning or tonight or whenever you open your presents, make a mess. And the parents were aghast. (gasps) And I said, when your parents go, why did you make that mess? Say this, Jesus came for messy people. That's what Christmas is all about. And it's a privilege to walk with you in the midst of life's mess. Thank you for giving me that opportunity to walk with you in the mess of life, in the struggles and the trials of life. We've been able to, to walk together in things that I, I never dreamed that we would we would have to do or get to do. And yet God is good because he gives us a family, the church, to be able to walk together. And so thank you for that. And my encouragement to us is that we continue to walk in that mess. We want, and Bruce has said this before from right here, we want this place to be a bigger mess. Because as the mess is revealed, the gospel comes in and heals us. The gospel comes in and assures us of God's love and his mercy and his grace. You see, we need the gospel every moment of every single day. And so as, as, as we depart, but as, as most of you remain, let the gospel be continually in your hearts and in your minds and let that grow in you. As what Paul says, I am so grateful to you because of your partnership in the gospel. He knew that they were moving and living and breathing the good news of Christ. And they were growing in that. That as their mess became to be seen, they grew in him. I want to say thank you to the elders of the church to the staff here at this church, to Dan and to Bruce in particular, we have a lot of fun. Maybe too much. I don't know. We, we like to laugh. It is a joy to be together. And I just want the, the church to know, if you don't already know, how blessed you are to have these two men in particular and your whole staff, really ministering to you 
it has been a blessing. So thank you. So I'm thankful, but I'm also prayerful. If you look with me at verse 9, Paul says, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. My prayer for us as the church is that our love may abound more and more. My prayer is that you might continue to grow in your love for one another. It is amazing to see how, this, how well this church loves one another. If you're visiting with us this morning, sorry, this is kind of, that's got to be weird for you to visit this morning uh, on, with this kind of message. Um, but I just want you to know how amazing this church is. How well this church loves one another. When there is a need, when there is a, um, just a time where someone needs to, to talk or to cry or to rejoice, this church rallies around them. And so my prayer is that that love might increase for one another, that your love for the next pastor who comes and tries to fill these really, really small shoes, that you would love him and his family as, as well as you have loved us. My prayer is that your love for this city and for the world would continue to increase. One of the awesome things that we have seen over the last decade is just how God has moved us in the vision that we have for this church, that we feel God has given this church of seeking the renewal of Annapolis as we are being renewed by the gospel. And seeing us, seeing the the mess that is our city and being willing to push into that and to, to love our city And so my prayer is that that might continue to grow and to grow and that your love for the world might continue to grow. And you have demonstrated that love that you have for the gospel going to the ends of the earth and how you have loved us and how you you, you pray for us, you care for us. Even as we move forward from here, you've been so willing to partner with us and we are so grateful for that. And I am prayerful most of all, that your love for God might grow and grow. That your love for Christ and what he has done for us in the gospel might continue to grow. I remember one time I was, I was working on a sermon and I was having trouble coming up with a, a good illustration because we talk about love all the time but and you can only illustrate it in so many ways. So I thought, I need, I need to get out of the office. I need to get, get out amongst my people. So I went to Chick-fil-A. And so <laughs> I worked it in one more time. So I'm at the Chick-fil-A in Edgewater, and I'm sitting in a booth. And as I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to think of God, deliver me some kind of amazing illustration about love. I noticed this couple that's sitting in the middle section at the tables. And they were a much older couple than me. And there was the gentleman who I've kind of, I've kind of looked at and then turned back and, you know, God deliver me and all this stuff and make it about me. And then I turned back because I noticed that the wife was talking to her husband, but he was never responding. And as I looked at him, I noticed that 
He couldn't use his arms. He had no real control over his mouth. And he couldn't speak. But all the while, she is just sitting there and she's, she's got the, the waffle fries and she's putting it in his mouth and he kind of gnaws on it a little bit. And after a while, he, he's chewing on it and he swallows it. And then she is talking to him about the grandkids and she was talking to him about the weather and she was asking him questions. And then at one point, and as the restaurant began to fill up, she, she says, would you like a milkshake? And he just kind of nods his head. I wasn't sure if it was actually wanting a milkshake or if if the disease that he has that has impaired his faculties, just that's what it made him do. And she goes, great, I'll go get one. And she goes and she gets this milkshake and she brings it back and she puts the straw in it. She holds it up to his his mouth and he tries to, to drink it and it runs down the side of his cheek and she goes, oh, that's okay. And she grabs a napkin and she wipes it away. And it's here, try again. And he puts it up there and he tries again. And it goes down the side of his face. She's like, oh, did you get any? Oh, let me wipe that. It's okay. And by this time, everyone on that side of the restaurant is just staring. And she's having this conversation with them. And she takes the trash and she puts it on the tray and she goes and she throws it away and she comes back. And as she comes back, she leans over him and she, she knelt down and she kissed him on the forehead And she said, thanks for taking me on a date today, honey. I had an amazing time. And I just, I lost it. The restaurant lost it. That's probably never happened at Chick-fil-A where everyone left crying. (laughs) And I went out into the car and I got on the phone to my wife and I said, honey, I love you. I am such a horrible husband. What can I do to be better? How can I love you? I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father to my girls. I want to grow old. I just I, And she's just like, what happened to you? Like, what is your, get a grip. When we see Jesus, we see his love for us. When we realize that we are dead in our sins and he reached down and he kissed us and said, you are mine with his grace and his mercy. Paul says, my, my, my prayer is that your love may abound more and more with knowledge. That you might know the love that God has for you and for me. And that, that out of that our love might grow so that we can grow closer to Jesus. Do you see what he says? That, that prayer, he, he doesn't just end it with that your love may abound more and more with knowledge, period. He goes on and says with discernment, so that as you see the gospel, as it takes root in your life, as you realize God's amazing grace and mercy to you and to me in the mess that we are in, As we see him, then we can approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless, filled with the fruit of righteousness. God is the one who grows us in his love. And as we look at the gospel, as we look at Jesus, that should grow in us. And so my prayer for you and for me is that we would never lose sight of the gospel. 
We would never lose sight of what God has done for us and who he is and how he loves us and that out of that our love for one another would grow. That we would seek to to worship God through obeying him. That we would seek to be better moms and dads, husbands and wives, kids, employees, employers, neighbors, citizens, it goes on, all to the glory of God. Part of me wrestles with with leaving. The title of the sermon is, I don't want to leave. I want to stay. I want to stay because I have a Messiah complex that sometimes I think I'm the Holy Spirit. I'm not, just in case you were wondering. I know you weren't. Because I think if I'm not there to do X, Y, or Z, who's going to do that? Here's what Paul says. Paul wasn't with this church at the time that he wrote this letter. But here's what he says in verse 6. I am sure of this. Some of your versions might say confident. It's another way you can translate the word sure. I am confident or sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I am confident that God is the one who is working all things for his glory. God is the one who is moving me and you towards greater Christ-likeness. And whatever mess that he has you in right now, whatever thing that you have going on in life, God is using that to move you towards Jesus. Sometimes, and it's really hard, isn't it? I, I, will, I will confess to you that the last month has just been a roller coaster. It has... It has been ups and downs, twists and turns. We're going to get our visas. We're not going to get our visas. Yeah, we might get them. No, we might not. Our houses on the market. Our houses sold. We're going to have to wait. We need to move. We need to do this. We need to do that. Sorry for just like verbally all over you. Maybe you can relate though. Maybe your life has been the curviest, craziest mountain road you've ever seen. Maybe it's been in the last week. Maybe it's been in the last year or more. To me, my life looks like that curvy mountain road. I've felt it, and I've been carsick. To God, it's a straight line. To God, it was a straight line. Because this is what God needed to do in us, in me. Partly, I think, for, for him to have to beat into my head before I, I and we and my family go on the, on the mission field to say, it's not about you. And sometimes he takes us on curvy, nauseating paths that look like that to us for us to realize that. Because in his economy, it's a straight line. Paul says, I am confident of this. 
that that curvy roller coaster mountain road that you are on right now is exactly what God has in, in mind from the beginning of time so that you would be perfected in Christ Jesus. The resurrected King is resurrecting us. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. That's what Paul is saying here, that God is resurrecting us. He is making us like himself. And in that we rejoice. And we can't wait to share with you in the months and years ahead as our family what God is doing through you, through us in Scotland. And we can't wait to hear what God is doing through you right here in Annapolis. It's been a privilege. It's been a pleasure. And we are so thankful. We're prayerful and we're confident because Jesus rules and reigns. Let me pray for us before we sing and worship. Father, thank you for my family here. Lord, thank you for each and every one of them. Thank you, Lord, that you, in your grace, are making us more and more like Jesus. Father, I pray that you would help us to see more of you and your love for us, that you would calm our anxious hearts, that you would be with us where we mourn and where we struggle in our mess, and that through the good news of the gospel we might grow closer to you so that we might sing your praise and glorify you. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen.